Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So the goal of this series is to get us to move from our belief in God to trusting Him. That your belief in God and your trust in God are the same thing. Okay? So kind of like, let's be honest with each other. Let's be honest with each other, and let's be honest with ourselves in this whole thing. It is a lot easier for us to say that we believe God or that we believe in God. Okay? I had an experience, this, there was maybe this week, um, I was in the supermarket, and there was this um, young man who I'd seen before. Um, he was probably, he had to be like maybe in maybe mid-20s or, 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 or something, and he was outside in the in the foyer of the supermarket and he saw me coming in and he asked me stop me and he said hey man listen how do you feel about helping people who are homeless or helping people who are less fortunate and i said yeah i had no problem helping people like that we all need help sometimes then he proceeded to say hey listen man i got a daughter and i just need some groceries i just need some help or, or that kind of thing so i told him i didn't have any cash on me at that point but let me go in the supermarket and get my things, and then I'll, you know, give you something to help you out. Now, the point is, I've seen this young man before. So I know that, you know, I knew it's, it's kind of the situation on the surface. And when you look at him, you won't think that he has problems like that. I mean, he's very well-spoken, that kind of thing. So it makes you scratch your head. Anyway, so I go into the supermarket, and I go get my things, and I get some cash. As I'm getting ready to leave, I feel prompted to start a conversation with him about his relationship with God or, or how familiar he is with God, right? So I come out and I, you know, he's asking other people. So I kind of interrupt him and I, you know, give him, give him the change that I had. He takes the money and proceeds to walk away from me. So I'm like, no, 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 hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In my mind, I'm like, no, 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 man. You're going to take the money and then not take the rest of what, because what I'm giving you right now is more valuable than this money that you're going to spend. So I'm like, can I pray with you? And he was like, well, can you, can you like pray with me in your car on your way out? Because I just kind of wanted to, and I said, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. And my spirit began to get vexed because it's very easy for us to get into a place where we kind of like look at God from the point of view of our need. Right. And as long as we get that from God, that's that's where our belief stops. Mm. But trusting God is the other level of that where, God, this is what I need based on my own point of view. But God knows what you really need to get you out of that situation. So you won't have that level of need anymore. Mm. So I said, now, man, let me, let, me, let me pray with you, man. And I said, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? He was like, well, I, I, I believe in God, but, you know, I don't necessarily do everything right. And, you know, I don't go to church like that. And it was all these things that he was talking about, like believing in God. And it really, th that illustration came to me because it's like, okay, it's easy for us to say that we believe in God because we all have an idea of God. We all have an idea or an understanding of what God is like, what God, based on what we were told, based on tradition, based on my grandmama used to take me to church, based on I grew up in church all my life. But there comes a point where that belief 
has to translate into a tangible tool that God can use to really impact your life. So I, I prayed with him and, and I did some things with him. And, and as, as I prayed with him, I can tell that he was convicted that God was moving on his heart. And I just left it at that. But it, it made me really think about how we interact with God, how we deal with God and our understanding of God. And it made me ask the question, is God trustworthy? Because if we're saying in this series, we are going to discuss or we're going to wrestle with the idea of trusting in God, then is God worthy of that level of trust? I wonder how many of us really ask that question. What is the criteria? What is your criteria for someone to earn that right for you to rely on them? For someone to earn that right for you to depend on them and trust them and not worry when things are left in their care. Oftentimes, um, when we're walking with God and we have a relationship with God, it takes time and communication and communion and relationship in order for that trust to be built. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we have is that, okay, I'm saved now, so I automatically trust them. Well, what, in what relationship do you automatically trust somebody? That doesn't, you, you can't, we, we have friendships, we have family. Come on, we don't trust our family. I got to take some water on that. Some of us, we don't even trust our own blood. Why? Because they're shady and crooked and all this other stuff that we can say. So there's this idea of trusting that it requires us. It's an act of our will to do. It's an act of our, um, it's a decision that we make. And the trust that we give people is so precious that if it's broken, it's hard to repair. And this is what God says he wants from you. I don't just want you to believe in me because demons believe in me. It's easy to believe in me. I'm God. You look up in the sky and that question mark causes you to believe in me in some capacity. The question mark that hits your mind when you're looking at the stars and you're looking in the ocean and you go to the Grand Canyon or whatever, all you're thinking about is, wow, there must be a God. Well, that, that's, 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 that's pretty good. But now that great God that made the sky and all this stuff says, I want a relationship with you and I want to guide you through your life. Do you trust me? And my prayer is that we become more aware of God's quote unquote earning of our trust. You think about the reality of your life, that from birth to the very breath that you're breathing right now, God has been trying to convince you that he's trustworthy. Through things that we don't even pay attention to, the things that happen in our lives that we like, if you really knew how things should be, you'd be grateful for how things are. If you really understood what God has done for you and what he has kept you from and what he has preserved you from and all this other stuff, then you would see that he is trustworthy. So that's the question that we're going to wrestle with today. Like, is God trustworthy? Can I trust him? This whole idea of trust takes vulnerability. It requires a whole nother level of vulnerability with God, it requires time spent. It requires a recognition and knowledge of God's character. That in order for you to trust God, Beyond the fact that, oh yeah, he sent Christ to die for my sins, which is the foundation of our relationship with God. There must also be an understanding, appreciation, and recognition of his character. 
God loves me. There's no question about that. That he, there is no love in this world without God. He's a definition of love. So every every type of love that we try to say we got, God is the definition of the purest definition, the holiest definition, the most sacred definition of love. Love unconditional, love unrestrained, love that don't need you to love me back, love that's very secure. The most secure love and confident love and pure love, that's God. And that's how he feels about you. Now imagine if we went into all of our life situations with that understanding that God, who created the heavens and the earth, loves me like that. So whatever happens to me or happens that seems like it's not for me, God loves me. Not only does he love me, he cares about me. He cares what happens to me. He cares about my future. He cares about what I'm going through. He cares about my pain. He cares about me having hope. He cares about me having peace. He cares about me struggling with this and struggling. He cares. And his desire is for me to have hope and a future and expect it in. He wants me to be with him when this is all over. Mm. Those are absolutes. And any other thing that is hindering your understanding or acceptance of that is not God. Sometimes it's our own perception. We projecting the pains that we feel in our own life how people have betrayed it. The Bible says very clearly, God is not a man. God is not a human being. He cannot lie. Neither is he the son of man. He, can't, he don't never need to apologize. So think about that. Is the God that we're talking about right now, is that God trustworthy? Can you trust that God? I got some help from the Collins Dictionary because I looked up, you know, what does it mean to trust somebody? And there were some interesting uh, definitions. One of the definitions is if you trust someone, you believe that they are honest and sincere and will not deliberately do anything to harm you. I mean, when I read that, I'm like, it's simple, but wow, this is talking about people. But let me think about this in the context of God. Like, is God sincere when he says, cast your cares on me because I care for you? When he says, I will provide for all of your needs. When he says, if you put your trust in me, you will never be ashamed. Like, is, is that honest or is just God just speaking? And I think just to add to that, I think sometimes we approach God or our, our thoughts approach God from the standpoint of ourselves. So we tend to project. Mm -hmm. So if we have issues with, um, and, and really some of us don't even trust ourselves. If, if we could be completely honest. Yeah, that's true. So because we don't trust ourselves with ourselves and anybody else fully, then we have the tendency to not trust God. And then there's that, that tendency to project, okay, well, I wouldn't do this. So God must not do that. Mm -hmm. I would, I wouldn't, I'm not honest all the time. So God must not be honest. Or we think, okay, well, God is on our level. Like we've said so many times before. So if, 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 I'm not, if, if I fall into the, the habit or the temptation to, to not be honest or to, to be um, a, a bit deceitful, then mm -hmm. the same must be for God. If mm -hmm. I'm not sincere all the time, then surely God, there must be a time or two where God is not, he doesn't fully mean mm -hmm. what he says. Mm -hmm. Not putting in perspective the fact that, first of all, God is not human. He's not us. Yeah. And what we do, he cannot do because 
we're just not in the same, mm-hmm. we're not even in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we even talking about right now? Right. So how disrespected do we think God feels when we don't trust him? Like, like we pray and say, Lord, I need your help. I need you to do this for me. And I believe you. You're going to help me. You're going to do it. But we don't have a secure enough understanding of God's ability and God's character and God's devotion to us that when we pray, we still doubt that he cares enough to answer our prayer and then do it his way. So so we pray as a formality. It's like, okay, I'm going to pray because that's just what we're supposed to do. I'm going to just, I'm going to trust God by praying, but I still got this plan B in the back of my mind that if this don't work out, then I'm going to still just, I'm going to help God out a little bit. Now, trusting requires a dependence. And similarly, we used the example last week of like a chair, right? So you believe the chair is a chair because you understand its function. You understand the chair is there to prop you up and to take the load off of you. Your trust is actually putting your weight on that chair and not worrying that it's not going to hold you up. When we believe in God, we set ourselves up in the posture of prayer. We go to God because we believe that God is God. But trust is when we pray, we get up and leave it in God's hands and don't worry about it. And all of us need help in that area. When you trust in God, your trust and your belief in him come together. So it's like, if I believe you, Lord, then I trust you. Now, the work that we're doing is trying to merge those things together, merging your faith or your belief in God. Your belief in God should include the development of your understanding of his character, your recognition and appreciation of the things that he has done. You're not getting blessed and forgetting that he blessed you. You're treasuring things in your heart. You're praying, you're reading the word, and you're seeing the application of that word being applied in your life, and you're holding on to it, and you're attributing all that to God. That's how your trust in God becomes stronger. So that when we say, I believe God, your heart is really saying, and I trust him too. So I believe that the Lord is honest. I believe that he honestly cares about me, that he honestly loves me that he honestly can't lie, that he honestly is is concerned about everything that is concerning me, that he honestly knows all the hairs on my head, that he honestly has a hope in the future for me. And if I can say that, or if I'm working towards that, then my trust in God is becoming deeper. That he will not do anything to deliberately harm me. And I think this part right here is where many of us have a struggle. That we equate the love of God with the circumstances and how they go in our lives. A lot of times it's hard and difficult for us to view God in a certain way because our life has been so hard. Circumstances have happened to us. Situations have happened that's not fair. And it's, it, it's sometimes it's very hard to attribute a loving God to the way my life was or to this situation that I'm in currently. But Collins is, is, is helping us. Thank you, Collins. Like, God is not deliberately doing anything to harm you. Now, the context of, I think, deliberately, I think best to understand that would probably be us as parents. Right? Our kids interpret discipline many times as harm. I know I did. 
If you love me, why am I getting a spanking? If you love me, find a better way to teach me the lesson, even though I'm really hard-headed and I want to do my own thing. Pick a consequence that is convenient for me so that it doesn't, quote-unquote, put me in harm's way and it makes me feel comfortable. Bible says that God chastens who he loves. It means correction is a part of love that I'm paying attention to. I'm hard on you because I love you and I don't want the world to destroy you. I'd rather you not like me right now and be a good person in this world that's respectful and kind and honest than for me to cater to you and be your buddy and then you go out there in the world and the world destroys you. And many of us as parents can relate to that struggle with our children in that you don't interpret my love correctly at a stage of immaturity. And this is what the Lord is, is, is trying to help us, that even spiritually, as we're growing in our relationship with God, he wants us to mature in our understanding that he is not deliberately harming us. He may allow situations to come up in our life, but it's all for good. He works the good and the bad. He works all things together. He takes beauty from ashes. This is what God does. And many of us are living testimonies that my life was horrible growing up. My life was terrible. But look at what God has spawned from that. Look at the goodness of God, even in that horrible situation. And now I'm a testimony. Now I'm a blessing to somebody else because of what God gave me the grace to survive. I often think about this too. And we think about Jesus and we think about God's only begotten son and how God would allow him to be ridiculed and whipped and disregarded and cast away and crucified and spit on and punched, just reviled, treated like a criminal to prove that he loves the world. To give us all an opportunity to understand how far God would go to prove that he loves us. That his only begotten son would die on a cross so that we might have life and eternal life with him when we have never done anything right. From our hearts, we haven't. When it comes to God's standard, we, we're, we're, not, we're, we're, we're wretches undone when it comes to God's standard. We're not worthy of God's love, but he loves us. And that's the reason why we can even attempt to love him the right way. So this idea of trusting is, is, is a vulnerability that God is asking us to move into. That if you say that you love me, that if you say that you believe in me, then trusting me is putting your weight on that. That it's not enough to say that I believe in God. Oh yeah, I, I got a relationship with him. Lean on that relationship. Lean into that relationship. Like if God said he's the Prince of Peace, then expect peace. If, if God says he's your strength, expect to be empowered. If God says he got you and he got a life for you, seek after that life. Seek and you shall find. So there's this idea of pursuing God that I'm praying that we're not passive in our relationship with God, where it's just like, God, just do. God, just do. God. But we lean into who God says he is, that we might be able to enjoy the benefits of a relationship with God that goes beyond just answer prayers. But it becomes a lifestyle that we're living, that God allows himself to move through us and makes us a blessing while we are being fulfilled in our walk with the Lord. So there's another uh, definition that Collins used here. Um, if you trust someone with something 
important or valuable, you allow them to look after it or deal with it. Mm. So there's another, there's another dynamic, right? Yeah, yeah, Lord, I, I, I trust you to, 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 to answer my prayer about this situation, but you know, I'm still driving my life, thanks. Mm. You know, I still got plans, God, you know, but if you just help me with this part, I'm cool with the rest. So it's fine. You know, this, my life is too valuable to really give it all to you per se. So I'm going to give you this part of it. I'm going to give you this part and I need help with this. and I need your assistance with this because I believe in you. I believe in you, but I don't trust you with my whole life. I just trust you with little. It just, it just reminds me like when you're driving and you go into the store, you run into the store, but you're like illegally parked or something. And you'll, you'll tell the person in the past, okay, if a cop comes, then move the car for me. Or if, if, if the meter maid comes, mm -hmm. then just kind of go to a different spot because you don't really want the person to drive the right. car. But in a case of emergency, yeah. in the case that, you know, you need to do it, then yeah. go ahead. I'm giving you permission for that space and time. Yeah. But as soon as I come back, I got it. Thanks. Yeah. But that's kind of what it's we exactly do, what it is. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And, it, you know, like, that's a really good analogy because I'm kind of like that, too. I'm like getting anxious as she's saying it because I'm like, yeah, that's me because, I, you know, Listen, I, I, I just be you just and you're here just in case, right? Right. But I got this. All right. I already timed it. I'm gonna be five minutes, and the meter maker comes at like around seven. Minutes, right. So. so he shouldn't be here, but just in case. Right. It's political. Right. So we have God involved in our lives in a political fashion, but we're not really giving him everything. So what we're really saying is, God, my life is more valuable to me than you are. So I don't trust you fully with my life, and that's everything your life entails, right? So. Trusting God actually helps you with the parts of your life that you don't even want to deal with no more. See, there's some things in our lives that we move past, right? And we move past by the skin of our teeth. There are issues and pains and things that we've experienced in our life that we skim past. And whether it was an achievement, whether it was relocation, whether it's like, don't, close, don't open that closet. Leave it closed. I'm a new person. I've moved forward. But you're not healed from that situation. Right. So you are in control of the future part of your life, but the past part is just a doorknob, a keyhole away that could come out anytime and ruin your future plan. Mm. And you know you don't have it like that. None of us do. Yes. So what is God saying? He's saying, value me over how much you value your opinion and perception of your own life because God is the one that can heal it all. God can go back into that closet and clean it out for you so that it doesn't hinder you in the future. He did it for the, for the Israelites when they were going through the Red Sea. He said, I'm going to bring you this hard road. I'm going to take you this hard way. And you're going to go through this Red Sea. I'm going to open it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is going to be the greatest miracle recorded in history. I'm going to take you all through here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to close the door on your enemies and you'll never see them again. And that's what God wants to do to a lot of our past. But from the other side of the Red Sea into the wilderness, you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me for food. Ain't no supermarkets there. You're going to have to trust me. You've never been this way before. You're going to have to trust me. The trade-off is trust me in the wilderness and let me deal with your past. Now, if you want to figure out your own way when you go into the wilderness, all right, you know what? It's better we've been in Egypt. We should just do it our way. And then now you have to deal with Egypt again. Now you have to deal with the past again. So there's this idea that God is saying, look, trust me with the valuable thing and believe that I will take care of it. 
Because in me taking care of your past, it means that I'm really giving you a clean slate to start over. Like, there's many of us that really want to be able to fully move. We want to move forward, man. Like, this is like, I'm tired of every year being a repeat of the previous year. I'm tired of bringing all this emotional baggage from the past into the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. And it just slightly resembles a newness, slightly resembles by March, April, May, June. It's just like, all right, it's the same thing. Right. And for many of us, we're tired of that cycle. We need God to really break through in our lives, but it's not going to be God breaking through through our will and our desire to not fully surrender and give him all of our lives, not just pieces. So if you trust someone, you will give them those important and valuable things and allow them, allow them to look after it and deal with it their way. Now, let's be honest. God's way of doing things, in many cases, doesn't make any sense to us. And it's very uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that. Like you ask God to do something one way, and then it's like, wait, hold on. That's not really what I asked. (laughs) I think you should do it this way, because this way, at least it looks like you're doing something. Many times God is doing stuff, and it don't look like he's doing anything. But he's doing things his way, and his way is actually better than the way we think, because he knows what's ahead. He knows 10 years down the line that him doing it this way is going to actually have you advance past certain hurdles that if you did it your way, you didn't see him coming. How can we move into that space? You got to trust him. Trust him how? Well, we got to trust that he's honest. We got to trust that he's sincere. And we got to trust that he's not doing anything to deliberately harm us. Now, we got to trust that God cares about us. You got to trust that God loves us and that whatever he does, it's not supposed to harm us, even if it hurts. You know, it's like surgeons, doctors, nurses, like sometimes this going to hurt, but the purpose is healing. Like sometimes you need to hurt in order to heal. We don't want to hurt because hurt means harm. No, it doesn't. Sometimes hurt is healing. And God's purpose in hurting is healing. And when it's when we say hurting, it's not like God is twisting your arm and putting you in a submission hole and causing your life to be all horrible. Don't blame that on God. What God allows, though, sometimes he allows extreme discomfort and loss and things to happen in order to heal us in places that we can't reach. To make us stronger in areas that we would never be able to get the strength from. There's a scripture in uh, Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. And this is what that song was based on this morning. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Hold on. Not when I'm afraid, I will trust you. I love this. I love this. I love the, the words here and how they were phrased. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. When I am afraid, when I'm anxious, when I'm concerned, when I feel out of control, when I am in unrest, I will put my trust in you and not in my idea of what will bring me peace. I'm choosing to put my trust in you and not myself. 
I'm choosing to trust what you say about yourself. I'm choosing to trust that you are honest when you said it. I'm choosing to trust that you are sincere in your dealings with me, Lord, that you are concerned and that you care for me. And I'm choosing to trust that whatever this is going on right now, that you are not intending for it to deliberately harm me because you're always good. Now that's easier said than done, but this is the challenge that God wants us to move into now. Now, how are you able to understand who God's character is? Well, I mean, he says it in his word. He's been proving it to you all your life. So it's asking God, Lord, open my eyes to see who you really are and your fingerprints throughout my life. Let me see who you have been, where you have been, what you have been doing in my life. Well, open my eyes to see your presence and experience your presence in my life every day, not just Sunday, not just in religious times, not just whatever. I want to see you every single day. I want to feel your presence. That's spending time with God. Your trust for God will go into another level. And when you want to, because when you worry, you're putting your trust, your trust got to put, you put your trust somewhere. We put our trust, that's what we do. We are in control of what we put our trust in. And the psalmist is saying, and this is David saying this, when he was dealing with the Philistine, the Goliath, and he was dealing with all that, and there was scheming going on. You read the psalm, it's a really crazy psalm. You should read it, Psalm 56. But he's talking about, he's just being honest with God. And he's like, Lord, have mercy on me. People are scheming, they're lying. They, I feel very insecure, I'm unsafe. You're supposed to be my God. So I'm not going to trust in my ability and my king, kingly ability and my, all my power and all my armies and all my resources. I'm not putting my trust in them. Because that stuff can't really protect me. What I need to put my trust in is the one who put me in this place in the first place. I need to put my trust in you. So he puts his trust in you. And he, then he says this, in God, whose word I praise. Not my idea of God, but his word. And this is why it's really important for us to really start getting into the Bible more. I encourage you this year. Let this be the year that you read the Bible the most that you've ever read in your life. Even if it's listening to it, what you don't realize is happening is God is speaking to you through his word and your confidence in him is going to start being mounted up because his word is getting into you. Your trust in God is connected to your understanding or familiarity with who he is. And if he says who he is, where does he say it? In his word. In God, I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. Why? Because when God says something, he can't lie. And if I keep repeating God's word, I start to be able to see how big God really is. Just think about that. The God who created the heavens and the earth cares about you. The God who created the heavens and the earth is, is, is fighting for you. The God who, who, who created the heavens and the earth, who never had to create another thing. The God who spoke and everything that we see exists, cares about your life. And you mean to tell me he can't speak over you and all your storms be calmed? So this is what God is saying. He wants us to increase our confidence in him so that we might be able to trust him fully. Then David says, I shall not be afraid. Then he asks this question. He asks a very, very, very profound question that I think all of us need to really get in our spirit and ask, what can mere man do to me? 
If I put my trust in God, what can people do to me? If God is who he says he is to me, then what am I worried about? The question is God important enough for you to value your relationship with him enough to trust him? Trust him with your fears. Trust him with the pains of your past. Trust him with your future. Trust him with your concerns. Trust him with your life, with your family. Whatever is important to you, is God more important to you than those other things? Has God earned a right to be trustworthy in your life? May God help us. May God empower us to live like this, with this level of faith and devotion that, Lord, I don't just believe you, that you're God. I don't just believe that. But my belief in you means that I trust you. And it doesn't just mean I trust you. It means I trust in you. That means I put my confidence in who you say that you are because you're honest, you're sincere, and you won't deliberately harm me. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We wanna know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.